Welcome to the outhouse. It's like a confessional. But without all the touching. We're your hosts. I'm Erin. I'm Matt. I'm Matt. Welcome to the Outhouse. I'm Matt. And I'm Aaron. And we ain't got a guest today. It's just us. This is the final episode of season one. Yeah, so surprise. We're doing seasons. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know. You thought it would just last forever. Here's the thing. We didn't know either. Yeah. No, we're still trying to figure a lot of this out. So we're wrapping up season one right now. And we're just going to do an episode to kind of cover our thoughts on season one. So here's the plan. We're going to kind of run through the different episodes that we've had and share some thoughts on those episodes with you. Kind of a recap. We're going to do a recap of season one. Yeah. Why, why are you doing seasons? I know that's what you're wondering. So we're going to tell you. It's my fault, if we're being perfectly honest. Well, no, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into why we want to do seasons rather than continue to do episodes every Monday. One, that's a grueling schedule. It's really hard. There's quite a bit of editing that happens uh, on the backside. We got day jobs, so... Yep. But in addition to having a full-time day job, I also have full-time graduate school that I'm in. On top of all that, Game of Thrones is coming back real soon. So, yeah. <laughs> that that's cuts it. into our recording schedule. That's really important. <laughs> uh, sometimes we can't get our guests to... not. I don't want to say they don't show up, but... They don't. <laughs> sometimes that has happened. Trying to schedule guests on their schedule as well as ours. We want to come at this with more of a structured approach. Yeah. Work, school, and life. And, and life. Game of Thrones. Yeah, life. That's so, why we're doing seasons. <laughs> Mostly because of Game of Thrones, though, right? <laughs> Outhouse is coming. That sounded a little scary. Did it? Yeah, a little theatrically scary. Well, we're going to run through um, all the guests that we've had, and we'll talk a little bit about them. Uh, we're not going to drone on, don't worry. Keep your hand off the delete button just a second. And we'll also talk a little bit about what we want to do in the future. The first episode we actually recorded was Aaron's. That's me. Even though Crow came out first, we recorded Aaron's first, and yep. then... Me, right? Yep. And then Crow. And then Crow. And if you listen to it in that order, you will notice how production value starts to come up as we go along. For the most part, yeah. For the most part. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I will take the brunt of that blame if we're giving any blame to that because <laughs> technically I have never done a podcast before. Hey, I'm giving myself kudos. We have a really good season and we learned on the job. I mean, for a brand new podcasting team, two people who have never podcasted before, I can't say that our quality was horrible. It wasn't. I think we did a pretty decent job, especially considering, some people may not know this, the first handful of episodes we recorded on cell phones. Cell phones are awesome for their mics. Yeah, they uh, really let's, are. Let's uh, give it up for Apple and Samsung. Yeah. They, are, they should be our sponsors. Hello. Hello, sponsors. Okay, so our first episode was Aaron, and... Um, Basically, Erin shared her story about coming out to her mother mm -hmm. when she was 16. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to me to get a, a young girl's perspective on coming out. Um, well, when I was telling my story, it honestly was, I just really felt like it, it was a narrative. You know, like, this is just what happened to me. Had you rehearsed? No. I did write it down, though, kind of. 
to keep myself, to remind myself of things that happened. But since then, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but I talked about how coming out to my family was the most significant and important coming out story in my life. And then I specifically told the story of my mom and only my mom and didn't talk about my family. There were some significant things that happened there. So part of me wishes I could retell. We say all along during our season, there are many coming out stories. Many coming out stories, yeah. And you didn't come out to your family as a unit. I mean, you didn't say, hey, I'm glad everybody's here. Yeah. So some of the feedback I got was they wanted to know a little bit more about how you and your mom reconciled. Yeah. We kind of glossed over that or we sped past that. It went from, you know, you had the big blow up and then it was really uncomfortable for years, but now you guys are great. Yeah, we're awesome. Yeah, but how is that transition? So maybe someday we'll get into how that happened, but um, I thought that was good feedback. All right. So then, then we recorded Matt. Honestly, I never considered when coming up with this concept, the idea of a coming out to oneself story as part of this podcast evolution, I guess, for lack of a better word. I really loved the concept when you came to me with that and said that you were going to tell your story of coming out as your own perspective, coming out to yourself. And I was shocked to hear you say some of the things that you said about who you were, you know, pre-gay Matt to who you are now. So I'm glad you bring that up because it was just Thursday. A good friend of mine and I were talking about this and he called me out on it. He said, I don't think that you were a bigot or a racist. And I said, well, I mean, I kind of was there. I knew those those feelings. He said, no, you are an asshole to everybody. And (laughs) that's that if you knew Chuck, you know, that's typical Chuck, because it's not it's a backhanded compliment. It's in a way it's him saying no, give yourself a break. You weren't a racist. You weren't a bigot. You're just you were an just asshole. An asshole. <laughs> and I can't argue against, I can't say no, I wasn't because he, he had several examples of where I was an asshole. Okay. Uh, not based on ethnicity or gender or anything like that. I was just a straight up asshole. I accept that. And that kind of gives me a little bit of a pass. But at the same time, the point was... I was a certain person, and through my transformation, I became, in my opinion, a better person. Yeah. So how was that experience for you sharing your story? Was it hard? It was nerve-wracking because I was exposing myself yet again to a greater number of people. I have family back in Dallas that, you know, they barely talk about the fact that I'm gay. And here I am putting out a podcast saying, hey, I'm gay, and this is how it happened. Right. I liked it. And I know that there are other people out there that liked it because they commented on it, so... Not to brag on numbers, but it's doing pretty well. It's a pretty good episode. It's a pretty good episode. Yeah, the statistics <laughs> of that episode are pretty stellar. FYI, I did not listen to it more than three times. So then came our first episode with an actual guest. Yep, that was Crow. Crow, right out of the shoot. Yeah. I don't want to say a character, but she's a character. Yeah, Crow's a character. The aha moments for me were pretty relevant right up front. Mm-hmm. Challenged the way I thought about uh, gender fluid. I mean, I had not really been exposed to that term. The way she has, she composes herself on a day-to-day basis. I, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the episode. Yeah. I learned things about Crow that I never knew. I guess I probably made assumptions about Crow that I, I guess I just assumed that he, I'm going to use the other pronoun, okay. always dated women Slowly. I had no idea that he also dated men. So that came as a shock to me. And that was the beginning of me starting to be less presumptive 
of other people. Assumptions is a good word for that because Mm -hmm. that sums up in one word, my aha moment. Mm -hmm. I had assumed and put into categories and she was saying, fucking categories, what's a category? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is his was the first, even though he was the first person we interviewed, but his was the first opportunity where I was able to learn something about another individual's life and their sexuality and how that's impacted them and become a better person because of it, to change my thought process of others because of it. My judgments, my perceptions, and my assumptions have slowly through this process been changing. And uh, whereas I used to be very critical and negative in a lot of aspects and not have nice things to say about others, I've now found myself defending people I don't know, saying, well, you don't know that that's the case. What if this happened? And what if that happened? And it's not fair for you to just assume that they chose to be a drug addict. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and, and I think that was the perfect first guest for us. This show. The show, yeah. Because it set the tone for everybody else to come. Yes. And one of the awesome things that came out of Crow's episode is um, M's email and M telling us what a positive impact that had on her life or his life. True. So right away, we, we got the feeling that we were onto something good. Yeah. That was a good feeling. That email yeah. was really good. Made me feel good, and I know it made Crow feel good too, because um, I shared that with him, and and it made him feel a lot better about sharing those personal details of his life with the world. Every episode that we've done, I have gained more gratitude towards our guests for sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. It's so personal to them, and to be able to reach in and pull that difficult moment out again, it's huge. It's a big, it's a big ask. I really appreciate them being able to do that. A lot of kudos to Crow for sharing his uh, objection to intimacy, the physical intimacy. Um, I felt like I don't know if I would have been brave enough to share that sort of detail about my intimate life with tons of people. Um, some of which he knows are friends of his that are listening. You know, that was really brave. So. And speaking of stats, yes. by far our number one. Our number one listened to episode, yeah. Crow. <laughs> That's not going to go to your head at all. <laughs> All right, so then we had Dominic, a friend of mine from a while back. He shared the story of his not coming out to his dad. Yeah, that was an interesting twist because it's like you're supposed to be coming out on the coming out story, but you didn't come out. (laughs) But it turned into a really good episode for that very reason because Mm -hmm. we talked about the reasons why he didn't and why he was still afraid to do so. He didn't seem like he was closeted at all. He's not. He's not. But he still had that fear about broaching that subject with his dad. Yeah, which is a valid fear. And I think that actually a lot of people have that fear. And in fact, I know a lot of people have that fear because as a result of that episode, a handful of people told me, hey, I haven't come out to my dad either. I haven't come out to my mom and we still have a relationship and see each other all the time. But we do not talk about that topic. It never comes up. True. I think it's a pretty common thing. It's actually really fascinating. The admissions, I guess, for lack of a better word, or um, the conversations that have resulted in my personal friendships Mm -hmm. as a result of these episodes and them sharing things about themselves that they can relate on um, that I never even knew about them. And I've known them for years. I had no idea a friend of mine I've known for 18 years has not come out to her mom. Again, these coming out stories are so personal. And they're not fun mm-hmm. that, you know, over time when you become okay with it, you just bury it and put it away. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't come up in a normal conversation. Hence the podcast. Yeah. You have to dig it up in a podcast. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, what I liked about Dominic's is how fun that conversation became. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of joking, and I think we started to come in as hosts to make it more entertaining as well. And then Dominic, again, was really brave and shared about suicide and his thoughts on suicide, which I kind of, this may sound bad, and I, but I don't mean it in a bad way, but I kind of hoped that topic would come up. It is, it is an important subject, and there's a lot of people who may be dealing with that as well. Yeah, and secretly. They're not actually speaking it out loud. So to have a peer or somebody that they don't know but they can relate to talk about their experience with that, mm -hmm. hopefully that helped somebody. I hope that helped somebody. There's going to be more to his story, because yeah. at some point he will tell us that. Yeah, we'll have to have him back on. Then, <laughs> then our next episode was Kim slash Kimberly. Uh, Kim. Kim for Aaron and Kimberly for Matt. Yeah. Right from the get-go, she threw out her confusion, her bipolar, uh, just joking about that, but her her split personality. Which also is a joke, but yes, that is, <laughs> the running joke is that she had a split personality. The thing I remember most is infectious laugh. Is that a good way of, of yeah. saying it? When she laughed, you can't help but also laugh. She shared a lot of intimate details as well. She really did. And she was a sport, but yes, she was. the best part for me was that you guys had just met. I've known her for years, but you guys had just met and she just dished that shit right back to you. Yeah, she did. She wasn't afraid to do that. The, the, um, exchange between the two of you was, <laughs> I wish that people could have actually been there to witness it because it was hilarious. I can't wait to meet her again in person because we're going to pick up right up where we left off. Yeah, it, definitely. It was that kind of a fun interview. Yeah. But there was a lot of good information that she shared as well. Mm -hmm. She was our first buy guest. Yep. Uh, again, another aha moment for me was trying to figure out how you can be with one person even though you're bi. And it, now looking back, I'm like, well, yeah, dummy. <laughs> it, you're with the person you're with. It doesn't matter. But her... Her selection pool was a lot bigger because she didn't care about gender at that point. So right. Actually, Kim came back to me after that and said that Mari was able to relate to the things that I was sharing about um, being introduced to the family and or not being introduced to the family, being ignored, and how important that that share was to her. Um, do you remember that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I'm glad that that was beneficial to her. I was wondering if she... Related also to uh, being in a relationship with a, a bi woman, mm -hmm. uh, such as you are, mm -hmm. and the fears that you shared, which I thought were awesome. Yeah, so she told Kim, I'm so glad Aaron said those things. That is precisely where I'm coming from. That's great. See, yeah. we're, we're helping people. I think so. And, and I'm going to be <laughs> honest, it was scary for me to say that out loud because... It's embarrassing, honestly, to say I have this uh, lack of confidence, you know, in me that I'm good enough for the person that I'm with and to share that with hundreds of listeners. But isn't that the success of this show? That is. is the bearing of our souls. Mm -hmm. Those things that you don't talk about aloud is really what I think that's why people listen to the show. I think so too. But as far as Kim's goes for me, it was an interesting perspective for me to hear personally, just because I had no idea any of that was going on during our times growing up together. Right. And you had grown up with her. So mm -hmm. there was, there was that extra level of personal connection. Yeah, there was. And it actually has grown our friendship now. We've stayed for the most part in almost constant communication a handful of times a week after that for weeks. Oh, try getting out of a chat with her. It's very <laughs> difficult. She's <laughs> Kim's our biggest fan. I think so. Yeah, she's our biggest fan. All right, so then we had 
Mike. Mike is a friend of mine from uh, my softball days, and Mike's story was intense. But not a bad way. But he went through some really dark stuff, and he shared that with us, thank God. And talk about another person who has an infectious laugh. Yeah. <laughs> that that really livened, because he's talking about drug use and homelessness, HIV, HIV. And, you know, he'll say something very serious that makes you want to cry, and then he'll laugh at himself. Uh-huh. And you're like, okay, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to talk about this, because he's okay with it. One of my favorite things about meeting him and talking to him was he had like more than a trifecta of things. He had adoption and then somebody outing him. It wasn't his choice to live through that. That would be awful. So no wonder then other things seem to take course in his life from being adopted to being outed to then, you know, being homeless and having a drug addiction and then becoming infected with HIV as a result of the drug addiction. Like, wow, Mike, that you're still here and enjoying life is really incredible. And he's doing well. I mean, he's very political. So he's currently involved in a lot of uh, political agendas, right? And causes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really phenomenal that he has now found a purpose that keeps him going. I think Mike's is hard for me to talk about because... I'm not a politically savvy person, so when I say the things I'm saying, I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> I'm I think just being nice. honest. Mike seemed to operate at a, like a higher intellectual level. Yes, and I struggled a little bit to keep up. Some of the some of the stuff we actually had to cut. Our, the episode was a, an hour and fifty one minutes originally, mm-hmm. and he would go off on these tangents, which were super fascinating, and it had some historical significance. About the LGBT, or as he would say, the GSM community, which is different terminology altogether. It was fascinating to hear, but we're like, oh my God, nobody's going to sit through an hour and 50 minutes. Maybe some people would. We did. The nerds. It was fascinating. The nerds would. Maybe we'll put a a director's cut of Mike's one day. You were saying that he operated on a higher intellectual level than where you were. And I felt the same way. And not that that was a bad thing. I was actually really informed by listening to him. But I couldn't repeat back what he said. (laughs) Right. It's like that concept of reading something, but not retaining it very well. I have a feeling that he can read something and retain the exact words. Remember when he was quoting some of the 12-step stuff? Yes. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. He's reading directly from the book with his eyes closed. Exactly. That was fascinating. That was fascinating. He was a very fascinating human being. I'm thankful that he did this for us. And his coming out story was pretty good. It was really good. Yeah. It impacted me. Um, like, yeah. it, it stuck with me for a few days afterwards. It was heavy, but I'm that glad was, that he yeah. did the show. It was a deep one. Yeah. Okay, so after Mike, speaking of going from heavy to light, we go from Mike to Trajan. <laughs> Trajan was a mile a minute. Yeah. And we actually did that recording the same day as Mike, so we had to take a break and a breather. And then in comes Trajan, who we had never met. Neither one of us. And this perky, fun person who was willing to tell her story, and she was just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It took me, I would say, about 10 to 15 minutes to catch up with her story. (laughs) She was on a tear, and it was great. It was was a great story. It was perfect for us because, so, I, I mean, for us, it can get tiring to record multiple people in a day, right? I mean, not, well, not physically, not, but emotionally draining. Yes, especially after you hear such a heavy story, then to perk right back up to be a good interview host or hostess in my, what's the word? Opinion? Uh, capacity? 
Yeah, my capacity. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, we kind of went into it feeling a little drained, I would say. We were both, I think, a little drained emotionally. Well, the irony is right after Trajan, I was super drained. Well, I mean, yeah. Trying to keep up with her on that, it was was also draining, but... But her personality was so explosive, really, yeah. as we got into it, that... Uh, I did find myself perking right back up and felt super engaged. I remember feeling really magnet. She was very magnetic for me. Yes. I was just entranced by her story and the way that she was telling it. And when she was putting her hand on her hip and making different voices, yeah. it was hilarious. <laughs> and so I was really engaged in her story. And her story was really good. It was really good. I mean, we say that about all of them so far, haven't we? But everybody's so story... Yeah. I mean, our stories. <laughs> Yeah, but they were they all are really good. There's something different and unique about each person's story that means something. What I found unique about Trajan's story was her perspective from her age. It would be interesting to hear how her story changes in, say, five years. Yeah. If she's going to be a big movie star by then, who knows if she'll even give us the time of day. Apparently, oh, yeah, no. she's all graduated now. And oh, she has graduated. Yeah, she graduated. Excellent. Yep. Um, she's a big bachelor graduate now and is working on getting to LA the last I saw but has also landed a role in some movie so we'll have to see how that evolves oh heck yeah but apparently we know a movie star right but I'll always remember Trey Jean as that girl who loved Harry Potter fan fiction yes which is actually the thing that I was most excited to hear about <laughs> from the email that she sent me I asked for a little synopsis, and Trajan was kind enough to write a handful of paragraphs. Thank you, Trajan. Starting out with Harry Potter fan fiction, and my wife is a huge fan of Harry Potter, and I was like, yes, this is going to be relatable to some people out there. It was great. And it was. It was. Okay, so after Trajan, after Trajan, Matt interviewed his mom on her perspective as a parent with a child who is gay. And it was sort of like a Mother's Day special. I was not involved in that interview, um, but I did go back and listen to it, and it made me cry. Oh, it did? It made me cry. I don't know why that makes me happy. I, wanna meet, <laughs> I want to meet your mom. I feel uh, like I want to be her best friend. <laughs> I was nervous about my mom just because she's my mom. We were talking about sex things, and, and so I held that nervousness in, and she pretty much dispelled that right away. She really did. It shouldn't have surprised me that she did that, because that's where I get any of my spontaneity comes from her. Yeah, I could tell that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's where Matt gets it. <laughs> a lot of mannerisms probably came through. But what I loved most is how she represented a parent in what I would consider an ideal version of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, she was shocked. She immediately became an advocate for me, mm -hmm. um, behind the scenes. And I would imagine a lot of parents do that mm -hmm. and it, it made me proud. So I was, I was happy to do that. And I know Mother's Day was coming up, so it kind of fit with that, but I got a lot of positive responses from people about that episode. Did you? Yeah. What'd they say? What you just said. I want to I want to be your mom's best friend. I want to know your mom. Um, I love your mom. Yeah. I got that like five or six times. She seems like a phenomenal human being. The part that it even just chokes me up right now thinking about it, but the part that got me was when she was like, um, Matt, you can tell me anything. I'm always going to love you. Essentially something along those lines, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not good at quoting verbatim, but <laughs> I'm good at getting the gist of it. And that she really meant that. You could tell that was just really genuine for her. And then when she said to you... Um, 
is that what was going on with you? I had no idea. I wish you would have just... So that's a great point because I had no idea what she was going through. You guys were in like a not speaking to each other sort of like you were having a different personality. I guess your relationship had changed. Yeah. At that point, I was still kind of in the closet because I really hadn't been telling people. I was just living as a gay man, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like I could share with her. And I had gone from sharing with her almost everything to then shutting up. Yeah. And she can sense that. And All parents... But I thought it was a great spin on the coming out story because in a way, when you come out to someone, it's also their coming out story you share with that person. Right. Yeah. It's an, it impacts people in so many ways. I would like to have more of those yeah. um, parents and straight friends of gay people or trans people who want to share their version of things. So listeners, this is your invitation. Please let us know and we'd be happy to have you on. If you're willing. Yeah. If you're willing. So after my mom, we had Adam. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I just, I get a big smile when I think about Adam's episode. What a great guy. Yeah, phenomenal and guy. And super smart lawyer. He had a plan and he enacted it. He sure did. He sticks to his guns. Yes. Yeah. And it made me think about standing up for myself a little bit more. Right. You know, I, I let a lot of things pass and I'm kind of easygoing about a lot of things. And I should maybe not be all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I hate to say that I loved this part of his episode because it's not a great part, but it's still unresolved. Yeah. Him and his dad, as, as far as we know, at the time of recording, we're still not speaking. Maybe another future podcast. Yeah, follow-up episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. One of my favorite things about Adam's episode was that he shared things about his resolve to not speak to his dad again and that he would be willing to do that so that he can. He knew there would be consequences and, and he's come to terms. He's with come to terms with those consequences, but I appreciate that he had the courage to say those things right. uh, because a lot of people, I think, think those things and don't say them out loud for fear of judgment. But he put it out there and I appreciate that about him. Thank you, Adam. Then we had Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's Rough Trade. Yeah. This was actually a short episode, not because we had to cut a lot. Just he's really matter of fact. Yeah. Kind of throws it out there. If you've heard the episode, you realize he's blunt and to the point. Mm -hmm. After listening to the episode, I was really curious how you felt about the episode. There were some things said that made me a little uncomfortable and you sitting in the room with him talking about graphic man-on-man -man sex, bear-on-bear -bear sex, which is more than just man-on-man. -man. Yeah. What was your reaction? So uh, my reaction, I don't know how to say this. Okay. So I'm a really open-minded person and I'm not easily offended. I had no uh, issue hearing the things that Kelly was saying about the man-on-man -man sex and the graphic detail. So he didn't In offend you? No. Okay. He did not offend me, but I did have anxiety about the episode being released. I have this sense of fear of will that impact me later in my career when I'm ready to become a licensed therapist? Will this podcast somehow come back around and interfere with that in any way? Okay. So his episode entered a gray zone. Yeah. Kelly, uh, Kelly's episode, yeah, it entered a gray zone. It went into subjects that we really haven't gone into into graphic detail and before. Not so much the graphic. I would imagine, though, that the gray zone is we can hear that story, but as soon as we interact with him on that story, we 
we are not therapists. You're studying to be one. Mm -hmm. And that may affect you later if we had given advice or somehow steered him in a direction. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, not just that for me, but just the um, level of detail that could be, that was explicit Mm -hmm. in the sense that could compromise my being licensed because I'm producing. Okay. So the perception that we are taking advantage of that situation. Right. Okay. Okay. No, that makes sense. I think that's important to, to say. Yeah. So, but I mean, I loved his honesty. I, I mean, he did not hold back. No, and I love that he didn't hold back. Yeah. I loved all those details. And it made him feel good. Do you remember? Yeah. When it he did. was like, What can I not say? And we said, You can say anything. Say whatever you, we may edit it, but you can <laughs> say whatever you want. And I could tell immediately that that gave him like a weight lifted off of him and gave him the freedom. He almost became like a giddy little kid all of a sudden, like a he teenager, did. you he know? Did. And it was fun to watch him. You know, he came in wearing uh, his softball gear and he just looked like a dude, like a dude. And straight then, from the softball game. Yeah, yeah, straight from the softball game. And then then when he starts talking about himself and his coming out story and having the liberty to say whatever he wanted to say, he suddenly changed into this like giddy teenager and he was like laughing and enjoying himself. But part of his coming out story was the liberation that he had after he came out. Yeah. So in a way, he was personifying that part of his story. Yes, he was. The other thing I, I love is we started off on one direction and we never got there. Nope. I mean, it was it was going to be how he came out to his wife and it turned out he never came out to his wife. I know, wife. it's just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he had several different coming out stories in that story, but one was never his wife. Never. <laughs> so... It was more like his coming out to himself and how that impacted his marriage with his True. wife, you know, but... But again, a, a unique story and I'm glad that he was on. Yeah, me too. Okay, after Kelly, we had Dia. Which was our last episode before this one. Yep. And Dion, the way I know Dion is fun and bubbly and and lively and always engaging in in a conversation. And what we got in the recording was a much different Dion. He was still engaging in that conversation, but we were talking about something a little bit heavier. Mm -hmm. And he he switched gears to reflect that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know Dion outside of just that moment and now we're friends on Facebook. Hey, thanks Dion. <laughs> so Dion upfront told us he had not listened to any of the episodes yes. on purpose. Yeah. And he didn't want a frame of reference beforehand. Right. Which honestly I think might have steered him in a different direction. And that but, was his fear. And so in that way we got a more honest story. Yes. What was interesting for for me, for Dion, was um, that he was describing a period of time that we haven't actually gotten to yet, really. Because his, his coming out story was in the 80s. In the 80s, yes. None of us so far have come out in the 80s. Correct. You know, we talked about this in that I can't imagine what it would have been like to come out before right. my time. Right. But here was Dion who had come out before my time. It just it was, I will never forget him saying how his mom fainted <laughs> because it just is so typical of what it's been painted to be like for people to come out, you know. Even though it was the 80s, I had yeah. this vision of 
like Mad Men and yeah. that, that that visual of somebody fainting and grabbing their head by the back of them. Yeah, like oh. yeah, yeah, I just see the back of her hand hitting her forehead and her falling backwards so gracefully. <laughs> and that's probably exactly how it happened. <laughs> and and the storytelling was impeccable. Yeah, it was I mean, impeccable. You kind of felt like you were there. Yeah, oh I totally visualized the whole thing. I, I want to refrain from saying it was historical, but it was historical. Yeah, it was. I mean, the, the first Pride Parade, and yeah. nobody was in the Capitol, but they right. marched anyway. Right. The story about the, the archives out at UCLA. Yeah, that was so that cool. That was fascinating, right? Really fascinating. And there was another episode that went really long, and we had to pare down some of the tangents that we were on. But yet, another thing I enjoyed about Dion's episode was what he's about to face. He's yes. not He's not an old guy. He's, you know, I would say middle-aged, but he's facing a future that I haven't even conceived of yet. Mm-hmm. So what do older gay guys do? And I thought that was a great question he left us with. Yeah, yeah. He really did leave us with a great question. I feel sad for him that he's living in this state of fear in that regard, you know? Sad because he's going through this, not because he's down. Right. Okay. Yeah, sad that, right, sad that he's going through that. But also, we're all going to have to face that. Yeah, no, we are. But since I had never considered it before, that uh, emotion had never come up in me until he brought it to light. Right. And that he's facing that. that it's his current situation. It saddens me that he's feeling that, you know. Yes. And he can say it in only a way he can. He was yeah. very eloquent. And I honestly sat there with a mental dictionary going, what the fuck is Downey? What is turgid? <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> turgid, remember, I had to look him up. Turgid is... Like flaccid. Uh, well, swelling. Oh. Uh, downy is like white and fluffy. Yeah, I like figured the, that. But yeah, I love that, that I didn't know those words. And I was like his dad where I needed to look up some words after our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But another popular episode, he um, I got a, a lot of good comments from people who loved hearing his perspective. It's awesome. And then that brings us to this. Our wrap-up episode, our wrap-up of season one. So overall, I feel actually like a changed person through this process. Me too. And I feel changed for the better. Like I feel like I'm a more empathetic human being and I have a lot more compassion for people that I normally wouldn't have compassion for, I don't think. This show, it's like its time has come and we just happen to be the ones on the ship going down that river. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I'm happy to be a part of this. This is great. And it's it's phenomenal in its impact. And, and I don't want to overblow it because maybe that's just our perspective, but it, it's important. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that we're doing it and it pulls me in. Yeah. That's all the things I want to do. I want to do more for this show because I think there's still more to do. Yeah. There are days when I'll get a Facebook message uh, on Messenger, uh, about three or four text messages, a couple emails, maybe a phone call on my lucky days, all for Matt in one day. (laughs) All these different modes of communication (laughs) and there's separate thoughts in each one of them. It's like a different track. (laughs) Because Matt, he's just so excited about it. And I honestly never expected you to be this excited. And knowing Matt prior to doing this together, um, he's a... Yeah, don't look in don't look in my eye. I can't say I'm gonna turn around. I don't know, kinda serious. I mean you have like this dry sense of humor which is on point. I love it. It's one of my favorite things about you. Your sarcasm, it just fuel it like fills my heart. It does. <laughs> 
when I was sharing with you this idea, I honestly was nervous. We were at a group or, or with a group of people at a table um, for lunch. And I was just sharing it out loud with everybody. Of course, I could relate to Matt because besides my wife, he's the only other person at the table who's gay. So maybe I was looking in your eyes when I was saying it. I don't know. Well, no, at one point you did say, would you be interested in helping me? I did eventually because your reaction to what I said was so positive and I didn't expect that. I was afraid to share it because I thought you'd be like typical Matt, like, oh, that sounds interesting. You know what I mean? Just your little sense of sarcasm. Well, true. But if you, so I'm the type of person, if you are halfway thinking about doing something, I'm going to encourage you to do it. Yeah. And unless it's like killing yourself, which I'll halfway encourage you to do it. (laughs) But I love projects that are new and fun. And this sounded new and fun. I had not heard of something like this before. Then we did some research and there hadn't been anything like this yet. And we're like, Let's do it. Let's yeah. fucking do it. We had no idea how to do it. None. <laughs> but neither of us had done a podcast or recordings, really. But hey, here we are. Yeah, here we are. 12 episodes, a lot of listeners. I just never expected you to be so in love with the project. Oh, see? Well, I just yeah. never did. And so it makes me feel good that a person who I thought would criticize it is so involved and loves it so much. Surprise. Does that make sense? Surprise. I'm gay. <laughs> When basically when I upload the episode, because I'm the one that puts it up there, I will sit there and wait and hit refresh on the stats. And I know how many people subscribe because they are the like instant number. And then how many are we getting in the first couple hours? How many are we getting in the first half day? Where did we end at the first day? How many listeners of that? How did that compare to the other people we've done? Yeah. I'm a stats nerd on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. What happens Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? I'm exhausted. I just, I crash and, and I have to be on to the next episode. You anyway. just take a nap. No, but usually it's Monday, Tuesday, and then I'm back on the next episode. And then we, we do it all over again. It's a very intense schedule when we're actually recording and editing and doing it all at once. Uh, but the stats are fantastic. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. To our hosting company, who provides some pretty amazing stats. Yeah, they uh, really do. We have found out that we have listeners in Tokyo, Japan. Hong Kong. That may not, England. That may not be a different listener. I'm not sure. It might be the same listener. I don't care. It's a different stat for me, and the numbers keep going up overseas. Yeah, we have a listener in England and Germany. Germany. Which is amazing. And then one in Canada as well. Konnichiwa? No. <laughs> Tomo arigato? Arigato. <laughs> Arigato? <laughs> yeah. What's a domo? Is that very much or something? You're asking the wrong person. Well, domo arigato, and I don't know how to say that in Chinese, and I probably didn't say it right in Japanese. Let's say it in proper English. Thank you. Thank you. Dankeschön. <laughs> Dankeschön. Gracias. <laughs> Just in case. We have a lot of straight listeners. Yeah. One of the things, I knew we would have some. We all know some straight people and their friends, so they would listen but I would get texts from people I had no idea were listening. Really? A friend of mine, Erica, texted me at 10 at night saying, oh my God, I need to meet Trajan. Really? Yes. That's and so funny. That was my first notification that she's been listening. Thank you, Erica. I have a handful of straight friends, too, that are listening. Um, and one of which we actually mentioned that she might be interested in being interviewed from her perspective. So that yeah, might be pretty cool. I mean, cool. the out story is not just... LGBT, it's straight, it's... Queer. It's a lot of things. It's all the things. So please continue to share this podcast with your friends, add them to our Facebook group. So season one is is ending, and we're retooling for season two. Mm -hmm. We're lining up guests, so if you have any interest in this, please let us know. Uh, We're lining up sponsors, so if you know of a business or you own a business, 
that you think our listeners would gravitate to, uh, please let us know. Keep us in the loop on your thoughts and uh, any support that we might, that you think we might be able to gain. Yeah. And above all else, thank you so much for listening. You're like, no, seriously. Thank you guys so much. It's been a fun ride so far. It's been. And the fact that we're, we're done with one season is a sense of accomplishment for me. And I'm so jazzed and ecstatic to get going on season two. I'm not stopping. You guys are take a break, take a breather, and we'll load up some more episodes. Subscribe, because if you're subscribed, you'll see that next episode pop up. Oh my God, let's put that at the beginning. If you subscribe, you don't have to worry about getting our next episode and searching and finding it. It comes to you. Yeah. Speaking of done, are we done? Um, have we waxed about ourselves enough? Yeah. We're out. We're out. Recording. Hey everybody, we want to hear from you, your comments, suggestions, and your stories, so don't be shy. Reach out to us on Facebook by searching the closed group, The Outhouse Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Outhouse Podcast. On Instagram at The Outhouse Podcast. Or you can email us at theouthousepodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to tell your friends and everybody you know about us so that you can spread the word for us. Share us and like us on your social media accounts. And then also please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and on Google Play. Yep. But you can find us directly at theouthouse.buzzsprout.com. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. One of the things that, because first of all, his episode was side. When I say first of all, usually I never have a two or a three. <laughs> and I've noticed that about myself. And it, it, it irritates me. So let me back. What, what did you say before that? Fuck, now. First of all. So down at the core, it's taking your pain and releasing it. It may not be pain for everybody, though. Well, it's a, it's a struggle. You're shedding light on your... You're opening the door. You're... What's it called when... It's a chrysalis. What the fuck is that? It's like when a butterfly comes out of the cocoon. I'm sorry. I'm smiling because uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but how do we explain the show? Listen, this show is you giving your gay to us straight. I think you're onto something there. Yeah.